hard, baby. Ball hard, and we're talking about all kinds of ball this time. Baseball is done, finally, so now we can focus on football and NBA basketball, man. Theo, are you excited? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. How, how good is it to be chopping it up about NBA basketball again? I'm pretty excited about this season. You know, there's so many different teams that can compete, so many teams that are looking for a breakout year, and then there's always a little few surprises. Like last night, I couldn't believe the Miami Heat got beat. Yeah, well, it looks like, um, and I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing thing. They said he has a knee injury, but it's kind of like an ongoing knee injury. So maybe they're treating Dwayne Wade yeah. like Tim Duncan and sitting him in back-to-backs. They're doing the same yep. thing with Steve Nash and his 40-year-old ass. You got to. You got yeah. to. And, I mean, I, I think for some NBA rosters, you have that depth. Um, I'm not saying the L.A. Lakers do, but at least the Miami Heat do have a little bit of depth where you could do that. Yeah, Lakers, uh, uh, they can't be seriously trying to win, man. Not without Kobe. You know, they're, they're going to get some teamwork going, but, like, look at their guys, man. Who's there? Well, the best I heard about this whole situation was, the Lakers, you know, their real game plan is to really keep Kobe in the team. You know, sure, they're going after the other free agents, but they really want to keep Kobe. That's like the New York Yankees saying, hey, we got to keep Derek Jeter. It's like, mm-hmm. no, Derek Jeter's old, man. <laughs> you got to build for the future. Like, having Kobe's cool, but, like, that can't be your game plan. Like, LeBron ain't coming to L.A. I think that's the biggest problem with the Lakers right now is they don't have a game plan. Not- there is no game plan. There's no draft picks going on there's no you know what i mean tank that's what they should do tank get rid of gasol which i don't understand why he's not gone yet and he's the only guy that they got yeah so get rid of gasol start tanking kobe's gonna sign his max deal for the hell of it who knows i i I really don't understand what's going on in la and i really don't care because there's a change in the guard even though the Lakers might be balling harder than the other team in L.A. right now. <laughs> the Clippers are supposed to come out and kind of kind of set in stone, like, listen, we're the team in L.A. now. We're the draw. We're yeah. the favorites in L.A. And they come out and stink it up to the Lakers. Surprising. Not to me. CP0, Blake Griffin did nothing to improve his game over the summer. He has no new moves. All this hype about DeAndre Jordan as a potential defensive player of the year. You had Doc Rivers come out and talk about DeAndre Jordan, how he's, you know, he's improved his offensive game. I don't see it out of these guys, man. And I yeah. think they're going to miss guys like Chauncey and Karan. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Especially a guy like Chauncey. J.J. Redick looked like crap. Yeah, just one game, man. Just one game. You it can't get ahead game. of yourself with one game. I it, mean, it is one game, but you know what I mean? As that's they, like saying the Lakers are going to win the championship because they played that game. Not really. I don't think it says nothing about the Lakers, man. It says way more about the Clippers. And I know the Clippers are going out tonight and playing Golden State. This is going to be very interesting, man. Everybody, the home Oh, they got Golden State. Oh, they nice. They got Golden State. And... Home openers right now, the home team is like 85%. Mm. So the Clippers look like they're going to win tonight. The Bulls should win tonight against the Knicks team. 
I'm really looking forward to Derrick Rose bouncing back, man. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but he'll be all right. Yeah. So what about football, man? Our, our picks have <laughs> uh, been less than stellar last week. Yeah, it's a frustrating time. Um, like we're saying, sometimes by this point in the season, you think you know who the good teams are and the bad teams. But then, you know, it can come back and surprise you. And then there's also the spread. You know what I mean? Like, the KC Chiefs are going to beat the Browns, but they're only going to do it by six points. That's uh, just it. Which is just frustrating. And, and the Browns played a real solid game. They played them really tight. Um, just like how your Detroit Lions are going to win the game, but they're going to win by one point. <laughs> so. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's frustrating. And you know what? That says more about the line makers than it does about trying to handicap or try to pick against the spread because to be so sharp, to be so close to the number, mm-hmm. those guys know what they're doing. So when you find value on a line, I think at this point of the season, just like you said, you think you know which teams are good, which teams are bad, and the other ones that are kind of schizophrenic. But at the same time as we're getting to know them, the people who make these lines know them a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And these lines are going to be sharper, 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 and get harder and harder, and you're going to see more uh, more games end very close to the actual, what the spread is. Yeah. Compared to earlier in the year. So I think a way to go, if you're seriously betting on these games, is to go for teasers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because betting a teaser is basically trusting the lines makers. Yeah, I feel you. Sometimes you got to buy those points. It's worth it in the long run. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just lucky I could make my money back in uh, in basketball. That's what I did last night. I was betting home teams to win their home openers. Did the Texas two-step with uh, Houston and San Antonio. Nice, yeah. yeah. And then over. Over is always a good proposition in any Golden State game. Yeah, yeah. They, they put up some points. <laughs> and they don't play defense. So right, yeah, yeah, exactly. The other team puts on some points, too. Yeah, it's a beautiful pace to the game. It's always a track meet. Yeah, you know, so what really surprised you from last week in uh, football, though, man? <sighs> you know what? The Lions game really preoccupied me. What a game, though. I, I couldn't believe. What I, I missed what the last, happened. you know, I turned it away, man. I, I turned it away. I thought it was over, man. <laughs> well, you turn, you turn your, your back. Is, uh, uh, I it, thought it was done, man. It's normal because... Half of the stadium left. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was Dallas could have ran down the clock almost to the end, but not all the way to the end, but they could have had less than 40 seconds on there. Mm. So what happened is is uh, Dallas could have just ran three times, kick a field goal, be up by six, but with a lot uh, less time left on the clock. Yep. What happened is on third down is they commit an offensive holding penalty. Hmm. Detroit declines a penalty, but the clock still stops. So Detroit didn't have another timeout, but the clock stopped for them. Right. So then Dallas kicks the field goal. They give it to they give it to Stafford, and they completed a, a one yard pass to Reggie Bush. He got out of bounds, stopped the clock. Then Matt Stafford throws a twenty yard pass to Calvin. Yep. Uh, spikes the ball, stops the clock. And then he throws a 40-yard bomb to Chris Durham, pinpoint, over the corner, ahead of the safety. And Durham catches it, 
two feet inbounds, and then gets out of bounds, stops the clock. And then Matt Stafford throws a laser beam to Calvin Johnson. It looks like he's going to get in the end zone, but he's stopped short by one yard. At this time, there's 20 seconds left on the clock. Stafford goes up. He's saying, clock it, clock it, clock it. Going to go up to spike the ball. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this guy just leaps over his offensive line with 12 seconds to go, puts the ball over uh, over the goal line, and then Reggie Bush has seen this before. Reggie Bush grabs Stafford and doesn't know if he's in or not, so he grabs Stafford and pushes him into the end zone. So he hmm. basically scored twice. Yeah, yeah. And Stafford said even he didn't know he was going to do that. Wow. He was just going to go up there and spike it because that's the right thing to do. But he went up there and he saw the linebackers were believed that he was doing a clocking it. Everybody was just kind of standing lackadaisical. His whole team, including his snapper, had no idea that he was going to actually go for it and didn't even know it happened until after it happened in the replay. That's the definition of balling hard. That's balls. Yeah. That's laying it all on the line there. That's hero. And and I was saying this, man. I don't know why. And the Lions turned it over four times. Yeah, yeah. A lot of crazy turnovers. Sean Lee ripping it off, man. Yeah. And they're minus four. And while Dallas is running it out, they were showing the screen graphic of how many teams have won um, with a minus four turnover differential, which is like never 3%, yeah. 2% of teams. So it, it was crazy. It never happens. And they went into hero mode, which they liked best. I don't know why, but they did it. And breaks Dallas' hearts, man. And they might be, between them and Dallas, that might be the last playoff spot. So it could be a very deciding game. I was happy with that. Well, what threw you off last week, man? Besides that, Seattle, I know, didn't cover the spread. They Oh, what an ugly matchup, man. I I got tired of that game. It put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. There were no first downs. There was no action. I mean, there was the Golden Tate throw, but that was it. Yeah. That, that was really boring. Um, I got to say, Cincy yep. clobbering the Jets. That oh, was boy. that was surprise. You know what I mean? Like. I, I started thinking, man, I thought I had picked this game, so I was feeling good. But then I was like, oh, I don't think I actually did. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you look back and you say, you know, you wish. But at the same time, the Jets beat the Patriots. So um, I thought it was going to be a tight game. That one looked like it was going to be close. But 49 points. What I got to say, man, it's, it's the statement of those quarterbacks, Andy Dalton and uh, Matt Stafford. Um, getting a little bit of that respect. I mean, Stafford hasn't taken too many bumps this year of people knocking him, whereas Dalton has. Um, but I think, you know, Andy Dalton really stepped up in the moment. Another guy that I'm going to say, not because he played, though, is Matt Schaub. I, I can't believe how far Matt Schaub has fallen. And I personally think you can't, you can't quit on your quarterback like that, man. Coach, come on, man. Like, you got to back up, homie. I know he had some bad games, but, like, to lose your, your position this quick in a year like this, man, I don't think it's right. I don't, because he's more of a solid quarterback. Like, when Mike Vick um, got benched last year, he's an erratic guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, sh- sure, he's throwing some interceptions, but he's an, he plays erratically. And I love Mike Vick. But, um, it's clear that they're going with Keenan now or Case Keenum, and I don't know where Shab's going to end up now. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because we talked about which coach is going to get fired first, and uh, I brought up Kubiak. Yeah. And even though he's a younger guy, man, I think by changing the quarterback like this and throwing in a rookie, in case Keenum, you kind of buy some time if the if the GM and the owner is behind you. Right. And I think this is a political strategic move here. Instead of doing more of the same, which hasn't netted you anything except uh, success that's not in the red zone, they're going to try this Keenum kid and see what happens, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I was very impressed with the... Um, what was crazy last week, what caught me off guard was the Washington-Denver game. Oh, right, yeah. Washington's up, you know... Washington was playing solid. 21-7. to Yeah, yeah. And they let Denver score 31 points in the fourth quarter. And, and on top of that, too, I remember coming to that game, people were talking about Peyton's ankle. Yep. So it was starting to look like maybe, you know, Manning is a little shaky. But, yeah, goes off in the fourth quarter. And I had decent money on Washington caught up in a teaser. I had Washington plus 18, man. 18. Even one more touchdown, <sighs> even if they scored seven points in the fourth quarter, 31-7, yeah, they cover the spread. Yep. These guys, and, you know, my brother was with me, and he's like, you want to hedge? And I'm up 21-7. to I'm like, nah. I got 18 points plus these 14. Yep. I got 32. 32 points to work with, and there's only one quarter left. Wow. And... They score a touchdown in the third, and yeah. then score thirty. Like it, it just blew my mind. I couldn't believe. I, I don't think I've seen a meltdown of, of that much before. Of yeah, of epic proportions. Yeah, the, this Washington team. It's hard to really get a handle on them. Like we say last year, they started off three and six. Um, they turned things around, but it, it's kind of looking dire right now. I mean, they, they're going to have to start coming up with some dubs. Who's starting this week? Is it going to be Cousins? Oh, is it? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You know what? For Washington, at this point, it's almost like it doesn't matter because people love Kirk Cousins, though, too. So that's going to be an interesting game. But with that said, let's talk about some picks, man. Yeah, let's run through these picks, man. I I got some questions about the NBA for you. Okay, beautiful. Um, Okay, so first pick. There's going to be a theme to my picks here, except the sneaker. And the theme is what I learned from last week. And last week, um, Arizona was at home to Atlanta. Yep. Everybody was on Atlanta. When Including you see a me? Small, when you see a small line, whether it's two or as long as it's under three, who gives a shit what it is? It's under three points, less than a field goal. Or you have somebody, a small, small favorite on the road. Everybody's on them. It looks like the obvious pick. So I'm going to go to tonight's game where everybody and their grandmother and mother and their extended family is on Cincinnati. I'm going to take Miami. Okay, cool. cool. For no other reason than I'm going to fade that. Just like I took Arizona last week. Same other thing. They don't even have to be a better team. It's just a better spot, and it seems like a trap. Every trap game. It is. It is. A lot of people are gassed on Cincy. They came out 6-2 and right now. Miami, it's good value with the pick. They're a good squad. They had a good year last year. Um, 
and they were really predicted to do some things right now. They stumbled a little, but um, I think this is one of those times where they can right the ship. You so, I didn't pick them, but um, I think it's a solid pick. All right. Um, I know you got a big weekend this weekend. I know you're going up to Buffalo doing it up. I wish I could be there, man. Got to head out of town. But um, when I look at this line, I see Buffalo plus three. <laughs> and I don't know who's playing quarterback. I hear that Matt Flynn's in a quarterback competition with Jeff Tool. <laughs> Come on. Come yeah. on. I mean, KC let me down a little bit last week, but I'll take KC minus three all day. Hmm. Well, I like that pick that you made there because I'm against you. Like you said... We're going with about 35 guys strong in a limousine bus yeah. down, to, uh, down to Buffalo. Yep. And we're leaving at 7 in the morning, and the menu is going to include some bison or buffalo sausages, mm. very appropriate. Two types of mac and cheese, probably a jalapeno uh, mac and cheese, and a uh, beef brisket chili. Mm. And we're going to be live DJing, you know what I mean? Balling hard, like for real balling hard down in Buffalo. So I'm going to take, just for the spirit and uh, insider information here, because we're going to the game, uh, we got an email. And Buffalo is doing a whiteout. They want everybody to wear white. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's interesting about this whiteout is normally when franchises want to do a whiteout, everybody who enters the stadium gets a T-shirt. Right. I don't know if Buffalo is going to do that. Man. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo is the kind of place is like, okay, you wear your own shit. We're not giving you nothing. So it could be very interesting, but for the mere fact that they want to do it, just like I brought up last week was a sandwich spot. Yep. Casey's undefeated, and Buffalo is, this is their Super Bowl right now. If they can win this game, this is a statement game, and I really hope one of these quarterbacks, EJ or Thad or somebody, Places to the two guys you mentioned earlier, man. I'm really open, so. Yeah, but we're talking about an undefeated team going against a team with a quarterback that's probably not even going to be Thad Lewis. It's probably going to be Tua or Matt Flynn. It could be. It could be. I mean, Buffalo's tough at home, but I just couldn't. I couldn't do it, man. Couldn't do it. I might sneak into the locker room in Kansas City and, you know, put some of that itching powder into their jock strap. All right, since you got... Your two games there, man. I'm going to tell you my next one. Yep. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington and San Diego. Mm-hmm. Washington is plus one, and I'm going to take it. I like it. I'm going to take Washington at home. Now, I know San Diego has kind of been a surprising team right now. They're kind of in the mix right now. They pulled out some big Ws. But I just feel like at some point, Washington is going to put it together. I think this could be an ugly ball game. But that's kind of why I like those spreads that are, you know, basically pickems because we're talking about who's going to win the game, and I think Washington has a good chance to win. Yeah, I do. I do like that, man. I do like that. Um, staying in the team, I bees in the trap. You know what I mean? Stay in the trap. I'm going to stay in the trap with the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. Everybody is going to be on Mr. Andrew Luck. Yeah. And the Indianapolis Colts, and I think by game time, this thing is for sure gonna be at a field goal. Right now, it's two oh, yeah. and a half. Yep. But um, I'm still gonna put it down as a Houston Texans, only because trap game. That's it, man. 
I couldn't touch this one. Yeah. I was leaning towards Houston, and then I said, well, Indy, they pulled out some big wins. But then I was like, what is that, Houston? No, I, I had to stay away from this. I like your, your reasoning behind taking Houston because everybody is going to be on Indianapolis. So um, it's good value in that. Yep. Um, another team that it, it's a, a two-and-a-half-point spread is Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh-huh. And I think you know where I'm going here. <laughs> I think I do. I'm taking the champs, boy. Are you? I'm taking a chance, man. No, I'm I'm never going with Cleveland, man. <laughs> All right, if Cleveland had your boy Billy Joe, Billy Ho, whatever his name is, man, maybe. But again, two and a half points, man. I I, I like the value in that. Um, Baltimore, they're trying to make the playoffs, and I think they could put a little run together that starts right here. Um, I know it's a divisional matchup. I know the Cleveland's going to play them tight, but. Baltimore don't want to sink too far under 500. Let me let me tell you something, Deal, because I am on the Cleveland Browns Ooh. this week. Last week against the top-rated defense in the NFL, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, Jason Campbell. Yeah, Campbell was looking good. 293 yards. Josh Gordon went off for 132 receiving yards. Baltimore isn't a great defensive team anymore. Right. And I don't trust Baltimore on the road. They're more of a home team to me. I'm taking I'm taking Cleveland here, man, plus the two and a half. I'll take the points. <laughs> I like it. We got we got some good matchups. Yep, yep. Um Can I lock something up now? You can. You notice I didn't put a lock because I don't think I have a lock right now. I'm just gonna keep it stinky. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to go straight to my lock then, man. Um, another value pick, man. Let's go to New York. Yep. New York Jets. Mm-hmm. They're plus six right now against New Orleans. Yep. No way in hell am I taking the Jets, though. <laughs> I'm taking New Orleans, man. Minus six. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that's my lock of the week because Drew Brees, he likes to score a lot of points. Uh, Gino... Yeah, you came up with a win against Tom Brady, but Brady didn't have the weapons that Drew Brees has. You know, he didn't have the D Sproles. <laughs> you know, um, I think Drew Brees right now, he's playing in a good position. I think they're just getting their feet wet, their their ground now that they got Peyton back. They're very underrated because everybody talks about Seattle and San Francisco, but hey, don't sleep on a team that could have been undefeated. So yeah, I got New Orleans. I like it, man. One interesting thing about that, I think the line opened up at three and a half, man. Oh, really? Wow. And it's already up to six, crossing a key number of four. Yeah, I think so it I think it goes to about seven and a half, eight and a half, man. Wow. It's got to. I think if it crosses seven, you got to look at the dog. But anything under seven, I, I agree with your New Orleans pick, man. So what, um, what stinks, man? Uh, to me, the same team that stunk last week. Same spread. Actually, it's it's more than that now. It's ten and a half. <laughs> yeah. The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are now... Um, they played Dallas this week. And Dallas, like we've always talked about, 
if you blindly pick the dog in Dallas Cowboy games, the dog is 73% winner. Yeah. Nothing else, man. Uh, I there, There's really nothing to break down here. I hope Dallas's spirits are broken, or maybe they have a curse against the NFC North. Who knows, man? I, I don't trust this Dallas team. I don't trust Minnesota. And it's going to be an ugly game, and I don't think... Uh, I don't know. I don't think Dallas is going to respond well emotionally to what happened to them last week against Detroit. Yeah, it is a high number, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you're going with Minnesota. I got many. Yeah, I like Dallas to bounce back at home, but that 10 points does have me concerned. Um, yeah. I think Freeman, I think he's playing. You know, it's going to be a lot better than he was the first time out. And Minnesota, they were a playoff team last year, so... They aren't as bad as they've been, perhaps. And they won one game this year. Yep, they, that's true. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> in London. Hey, we've gone this far. Yeah, we've gone this far without a mention. Yep, that's true. I didn't want to because look at the record. Oh like, man! Once they once they become irrelevant, what are we talking about? Man, that that was one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched last week. Because it was ugly football. And then, just when you didn't think Pittsburgh had a chance, they started coming back. And the reason why I thought they might have pulled off the W is because Oakland was playing so conservative. Like, you were talking about Dallas clock management. But there comes a point where you can't just run the football every time um, just so that you you know you're going to have to punt it away after a while, right? So... um, like, Pittsburgh was storming back. They made a couple crucial mistakes. The field goal kicking let them down, which is usually is solid. But uh, Wallaceburg, sit down. Oh, man. It, it was tough, man. It was tough. But I'm not going to choose the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I'm going to avoid that game. I'm going to just enjoy watching it, hopefully enjoy watching it. But I am going to take a heavy favorite. They're favored by 15 and a half points. It's a stinky game that I'm not going to be watching because I will be watching the Pittsburgh game at 4 o'clock. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Pacific Northwest. I I don't know what it is, man. I know Russell didn't put up much points last week up against St. Louis, but I got faith. And when them boys come back home, you know, against a team that's in disarray in Tampa Bay, I think it could be ugly. I don't think you have to worry about Russell Wilson, man. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm just saying he, he had a bad game. Yeah, he's he's a different guy on the road, and everybody talks about it. But Seattle has the, the, the best lockdown defense in the league, man. Yeah. I'm not worried about them. Russell Wilson is not playing great because he's scrambling for his life because both of his right tackle and left tackle are injured. Mm-hmm. That's a – you know what? When you're blocking – the top two guys, pass rushers on every team, and as bad as St. Louis is, one of their strengths is the defensive ends. Yeah. So that way it was a good matchup, and you, St. Louis looked a lot better than they were, man. So, And when the defense had to step up, they did, and at the end of the day, they won, and they might be finishing in the top of the NFC at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Like it's it's like we said about Detroit last week. I said you got to come up with those ugly W's. Mm-hmm. 
Seattle did that last week against St. Louis. It wasn't pretty, but they came up with the W. And Detroit, I think, as a team that's trying to take that next level, you got to have some of those wins. They don't look pretty. You know, you almost shouldn't win the game, especially if you have four turnovers like that, but you win it. So that's, you win it. that's, that's character. Last year, man. That's character, man. So yeah. those are the picks, man. So you, you said you had a question for me. Yeah, so I listened to a podcast the other day. This guy named Vegas Runner down in Vegas, and he's giving tips about betting basketball. Okay. And he said if you blindly bet on the best teams in the league with winning percentages against the spread or even money line, you ended up a net loser for the year. Okay. So if you bet the Bulls every night, you bet Miami Heat, you bet the Spurs, you were down a lot of money regardless how you bet them. Hmm. He said the top grossing team against a spread or however you want to do it in the NBA last year was Washington. Ooh. And right after them, the New York Knicks. Right. So his point is all the teams that people know, know to be good, expected to win, or popular, people pay attention to them, that's where there's no value. There's value in lines where there's teams that nobody's paying attention to. There's value in lines where people are underestimating the team, like the New York one. Um, so my question to you is, give me two teams in the East and two teams in the West that you think are those types of teams that can cover spreads, play close games, will always be a tough out, and are going to compete every night. I think that's the biggest thing in basketball, man. Who's going to compete every night and win you money? Gotcha. Um, the first squad I'm going to give you is I'm going to say the Toronto Raptors. Hmm. I think the Raptors are better than what people are giving them credit for. I think they have a solid start in five. I think if they stay healthy, I think if they uh, can get off to a decent start, because last year you know they had such an abysmal start to the year, um, that they could be all right, especially having Rudy Gay and, and Valanciunas being another year older. You know, that, that could be pretty solid. So I look for good value with them, let's, let's put it that way. And another team that I would say is Milwaukee. Yep. I don't think Milwaukee is necessarily a good team. But again, what we're talking about is what you said as, as far as value with a pick. I think they're kind of a scrappy ball club. And I think... Um, you know, they could stay in some games and, and maybe lose at the end, but I think they can hang in there. Um, in the East, I'm going to give you two teams as well, and they're two different teams than yours. Um, the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons are another one I was going to mention, for sure. Greg Monroe is a beast. And Andre Drummond, like, you put those two guys, like, that's a solid front court already. And then now they got Josh Smith. Yeah. They got Chauncey Phillips back, and Brandon Jennings isn't even healthy, but he's going to be running the point. I like this team, man. I, I don't, they don't have much of a bench. Right, yeah, that's but that's definitely a limitation there. I like Detroit. The other team I like to play hard is Atlanta. Yeah, ATL. The reason I like them is uh, their coach. The coach comes from a good pedigree there. A little bit of uh, Mike Budenholzer, assistant coach for Greg Popovich for the last, I don't know how many years, tons. And uh, he's going to have these guys 
playing great, man. He's got he got Paul Millsap. Yeah. Al Horford. Great free agent pickup. Jeff Teague. Um, and Lou Williams, when he hopefully he comes back soon, man. Um, if Lou Williams is in, they're going to be solid. They got a great backcourt. They got, who do they got? Corver. Um, Elton Brand on the bench. They don't really have nobody, but they're going to play system basketball. And in the Eastern Conference, I think they're going to put up wins and at least play hard under this coach. Okay. Um, in the West. In the West, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Hmm. Timberwolves. Love for love. Hey, yeah, Love is a, is a premier player. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio might be able to do some things too. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not saying I'm in love with the team, but as far as, you know, against the spread some nights, I think they might be able to do some a little bit of damage. And, again, a, the thing with a lot of these squads is the health. I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to perform that strong over the last couple of years. So um, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Minnesota. Who else? Um, who else? I was just thinking of a squad. Let me see. You, why don't you tell me one while I'm thinking of it? I'm thinking about Dallas Mavericks. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was I was liking the Mavericks. Nobody's paying attention to them because you've got five distinct teams at the top of the West. Yeah. You got OKC, you got Golden State, Houston, you got San Antonio, you got Houston. And Nobody's thinking anything else. And Dallas is kind of caught in between. And Dirk Nowitzki's still there. Mm-hmm. They still got some players over there. Not enough to win, but they got Monte Ellis, man. They yeah, got Monte Ellis. And a guy who's surprising, too, is our boy Vince Carter. He came off the bench last night and was, it was lighting it up, man. So. Man, I hate Vince Carter. <laughs> I really wish Vince... Dwight Howard and Lamar Odom played on the same team, man. <laughs> the team where their record would be so crap because they care more about smiling and complaining and getting injured than actually winning. Yeah. They want the shine more than the ring. And, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> those guys are so soft. I just can't stand them. <laughs> Who else in the West? The Pellies. Pelicans. The Pelicans, man. Mm. Again, you know, just a young team. They're trying to, to get a little bit better this year. And Anthony Davis, man, he's a solid player. They got some nice guards on that squad. Um, and, and not even um, talking about guys like Austin Rivers, who's kind of been a flop so far, but Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Evans, you know, so they're a team that, that I think can, can ball with some cats. Yeah, I do like uh, I do like the, the Pelicans lineup, man. And then they're going to get Ryan Anderson back. Yeah, yeah. That should be interesting because right now, who are they starting? Al Farouk Aminu. Yeah. So you got Ryan Anderson, Anthony Davis, Jason Smith, which could be... Uh, I don't really like the Jason Smith. I think you go with Anthony Davis... You keep um, Al Farouk, and then you throw in Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. Or take out uh, Al Farouk, put in Anthony Morrow. I, I really do like Morrow. He hmm. was on uh, Golden State. Okay. And um, I don't mind Morrow at all in that lineup. So I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you, man. I think the Pelicans are 
somebody who I would bet on yeah. um, night to night, and I think they're going to compete. They're going to ball hard against all these other teams. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. All right, man. Well, now it's uh, trying to figure out what the hell to watch, man. I wish my TV had a... What happened to the box screens, man? Everybody's going to 3D. How come they can't do a quad box? Right. Yeah, all I'm saying is, yeah, we got some good TV watching for tonight. Some good squads, uh, you know, whether we talk about basketball, whether we talk about football. So you always got to love that, man, especially those dog days of summer. I always kind of look forward to the fall, man. <laughs> I yeah. love the summertime. I love the weather. But, you know, right now it's raining in Toronto. It's about to get cold. So uh, there's no better thing to do than to chill out and watch some sports, watch some dudes balling hard. Yep. All right, man. Enjoy. Oh, yeah.